Hello and welcome to Spiritual Shit, your guide to the down and dirty of modern spirituality with your host, me, Aliyah Lovely. This podcast is a place for people wanting to discover more about spirituality, where we can get weird about ghosts, mediumship, psychics, aliens, religion, new age stuff, awakening, ascension, starseeds, channeling, philosophy, and even dating. Some of the shows will be just me rambling about my mystical experiences and new discoveries and other shows will have guests to open up new perspectives and views. I hope you'll join me on this journey as we discuss and open up about what spirituality in today's world really looks like. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Shit. I'm really excited to bring you Christine Gutierrez, who is a leading Latina psychotherapist with a master's in human behavior and development focusing on prevention and community from City College of New York. In addition, she is an advice columnist, a speaker, an author, and a poet. ChristineG.TV is an online hub that features psychologically savvy advice and articles and videos, private consultations, workshops, retreats, both live and virtual, radio appearances, and television projects. This woman is booked and busy. (laughs) Ancient wisdom with a modern twist is her motto. She's also the founder of a nonprofit therapy school founded in Puerto Rico, where the mission is to empower, educate, and share resources with marginalized youth and communities. She's the author of the new hit ebook, The Care of Wounded Wings, A Guide to Soar Through Life's Tough Times. Latina Magazine featured her as the Future 15, the healer, and Time Out New York Magazine calls her the go-to for perpetual burnout. Known for breaking up stigmas, Christine is taking therapy to the next level, fusing ancient wisdom with modern psychology. Her approach is real, honest, and gets to the heart of the matter in a straight up fierce, raw, and loving voice. We're so excited to bring her on today to talk about sex, baby. (laughs) It is S-E-X, sacred energy exchange. And what is that? Welcome to the show, Christine. Awesome, Christine. Thank you so much for being on the show. So sacred energy exchange. What does that mean to you? Why is this definition important about how we think about sex and its implications? Yeah. So, I mean, there is sacred energy exchange, which is just the exchange of energy, right? And then there's different kinds of energetic exchanges. Um, We're constantly exchanging energy, whether it's passing someone in the street whether it's, um, you know, giving someone a glance with your eyes, whether it's uh, something more intimate, sharing a conversation, there's always like an in and out energy, which is very tantric in principle, which is that, you know, you speak, someone listens, you have, you know, penetration, there's an in and out, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a rubbing up and down. There's always a motion and this kind of exchange of energy is the way that we create intimacy in life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even when you think about it in a more macro level with like the universe itself mm-hmm. and your change with having conversations with the universe or connecting to nature, we breathe in the oxygen, right, of the trees. So there's this constant interaction of exchanging of energies. Mm-hmm. And so in Tantra, we believe that the macro, the, the universe, is just a reflection of the, the micro, right? So the inner universe that we have going on is also happening in the, the bigger picture of the macro. Mm-hmm. And so um, when we take that to a sexual level, it's no different. So essentially, we're exchanging energy that comes from this more sensual place. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that many people have a misconception around sexuality in that it is only sexual okay um meaning that it is also spiritual it's also motherly it's also nurturing Mm -hmm. um sensuality has been um and sexuality has been kind of taken by mainstream culture and kind of reduced it and taken away the soul of it and so Yeah. yeah that 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 is a huge piece of like understanding that kind of like energy exchange okay so with hookup culture and how i mean right now we're kind of all going through this it seems like awakening specifically for women 
um, <clears throat> patriarchy is starting to fall, where women are starting to stand up, we're starting to embrace a lot of our own feminine energetic powers and really starting to express those things. So with the few waves of feminism that we've had, there's been like this, it's time to take our power back and we can have sex like men and we can do this and da da da. Um, I'm really interested on your take on that perspective, given that we are the womb and that's a very sacred energy space. And what does that look like for us when in terms of hooking up, casual sex, like what are the implications that the society's reduced sex so far down and made like taken away essentially its power or importance and how that's affecting us? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's beautiful to know that there are shifts happening in the world and in mm -hmm. consciousness. And it's beautiful to see that people are starting to realize that this energy of the feminine, which doesn't necessarily belong to women, um, or, you know, it is the essence of the mother of the universe, which goes mm -hmm. beyond, you know, our traditional understanding of like feminine, right? Yeah. And so when we think about, um, you know, traditional uh, kind of feminism that comes with this kind of idea that, you know, we want to have rights like men, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't think we've ever wanted, I mean, on, on the surface level, we've wanted to have equal rights. We wanted mm -hmm. to be able to do what we choose to do and not be confined by laws mm -hmm. or, you know, policies that keep us back. Right. Right. And when you're thinking about sexuality, I think that the first go to, the easiest go to is to say, I want to have sex like men. Mm -hmm. Right. What I, what I believe we're saying is that we want to be free to not be judged, to not be shamed, mm -hmm. to, um, to be able to choose and have authority over our sexual bodies and our sexual energy and to choose what's in alignment for us without being, you know, kind of stoned. Um, uh, metaphorically and sometimes even you know literally in some parts of the world still yeah for claiming our our sexuality our femininity our bodies our skin and so I think it's about reclaiming that power I do think that um that we we men as well have misused that sexual energy right so it's not like they were all embodied having sex and like free. They just didn't have the shame of being judged maybe as much, right? Yeah. And so um, I think that there's a reclaiming of sexuality overall um, into really understanding that we want to be able to not have shame. Mm -hmm. And so in the hookup culture, right, um, you know, there needs to be more depth added to everything, right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that um, I think the first phase of any kind of revolution or change is like these extremes, right? So you're like, yeah, I can, you know, do whatever I want. And that maybe this part of the healing process and I can fuck who I want and I can do what I want. Um, but I think most importantly, where the conversation needs to go is um, reducing the shame and the stigma about being a sexual multidimensional woman who is both the mother and the whore. And, um, you know, religion, we have a lot to blame um, for. Yeah. Uh, making us choose why can't I be both the mother and the whore why can't I be can you use the word whore can you like expand on that for me um for me whore um is like this sacred prostitute mm -hmm. gets to choose to be you know have sacred ceremony and interact with sexuality in a way that's uh, as a medium to god you know so mm -hmm. you know one of the oldest professions was being a prostitute and we have such a negative connotation with like prostitute or someone, you know, um, sex workers, like there's so yeah. much shame around it. And it's like, you know, um, there have been sacred sexual healers for centuries. Mm. Um, it's a profession. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's sad because there haven't been laws to protect women. There haven't been kind of, um, again, sacred kind of, um, value placed upon this kind of world. So there's a lot of judgment, but essentially, you know, even in the Bible from the earliest stories, we have, you know, uh, concubines uh, uh, or yeah. And, kind of like the same that was placed as like this, um, this whore in the story, but actually she was one of his disciples as well. Right. So whether she was or wasn't, isn't really 
what concerned me, what concerns me is they took away her story of the powerful woman that she was in, in, in the biblical text. Mm -hmm. And so um, for me, it's claiming that you can be both. You can be slutty and spiritual. You know, in, in, in Spanish, we have a word like puta, which is like slut. And, um, you know, uh, my best friends and I, we call ourselves the puta parade. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we claim that, you know, it's not like something that we allow someone else to call us, right? Like, oh, you're a puta. All, everything is about intention and energy, but it's about claiming like, yeah, we're sexual, we're slutty, we're, when we choose and how we choose. And because I claim my power, I get to be intentional about where I put that energy. Mm -hmm. So um, in that hookup culture, being able to focus on the energy and the intention behind why we're doing things, right? Mm -hmm. Like, yes, we want to be free from the shame and the judgment, and we should be able to be free to choose. And in that, I want to honor and respect myself and my worth and choose very intentionally where I put my sexual energy because it is that powerful. Wow. That's, you know, it's interesting. I have not thought about it like that. And I, I like the idea of taking those words back because we, I think we as women shame other women in accordance to whatever our culture has already said about us sexually. And so how do you think, um, just in a cultural sense, if we've, we've been brought up in this type of society, we have been dramatically suppressed. Mm -hmm. And I know that a lot of women, they have, they have a hard time with orgasming and things. Since you studied Tantra for a long time, I'm sure you know a lot more about this, but um, we have a hard time talking about it. We have a hard, like a hard time feeling healthily around it, even in a committed bonded relationship. So like, what's, what are your thoughts on that? Or how have you experienced, um, cause you're a therapist as well. So like, um, sexual trauma or sexual suppression, or, I mean, that's a type of trauma as well. I grew up hyper religious. So like it took me so long to even figure out how to even have an orgasm because you were so energetically blocked there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, religious trauma, you know, um, is a real thing. You know, I work with a lot of clients that have religious trauma and it's not something like even once you realize something's off about this, I want to reclaim my sexuality, our nervous system has to catch up. Yeah. And so if you've been told that you're going to go to hell for um, experiencing pleasure and that it's only within this confines, if not, you're a bad girl and you know, you're, you do bad things, then it is going to take time to rewire the nervous system, just like with any other kind of trauma. Um, as a licensed therapist and as a healer, Primarily, I work with women and also men now, but primarily women that have gone through um, trauma, mm -hmm. um, and that's sexual, emotional, verbal, physical, um, spiritual, uh, religious trauma, and helping them to, A, go back to that core wound and really unpack that story about what were the messages that they were told, what's the blueprint that they downloaded, because in order to make any kind of change, we really need to understand where we're coming from. What's our framework? What are the messages that we believed? You know, what's, you know, I remember um, my dad once saying, uh, you know, super Puerto Rican cop from Brooklyn um, and him in many ways being very open-minded, but in some ways still carrying some of that old archaic kind of male dominated um, reality about sexuality. And he said, either you're going to be the girl they marry or the girl they fuck. And I remember um, my mom telling me, you know, you don't need to wait till you get married to have sex. You can use protection and be safe and just choose someone good. Mm -hmm. So I had some other concept of, oh, I could be sexual and still be loved and be worthy. Mm -hmm. um, but that other belief kind of fucks you up. And then you think, yeah. well, I can't do, I have to be this or that. So a lot of the time spent has to be on untangling the trauma, mm -hmm. you know, on working through that, through energy work, through body work, through talk therapy, um, through movement, through slow, intentional kind of reintegration that spirituality and sex is um, part of God, you know, goddess. That, you know, my sexuality is literally divine source. It is the ultimate source of creation. It is Shakti. Shakti is the primal feminine energy that lives in our body. Mm -hmm. So when we activate Shakti, when we activate that connection and we add that holiness back to it, then we can start rewiring ourselves. And in the beginning, that can be something as simple as like feather like touch and like slowly touching your, your body and breathing. Mm -hmm. um, it can be something like imagining light um, coming from your sexual organs and imagining that kind of like just blasting and shining love and kind of reprogramming and adding visuals to help you um, shift 
the parts of your body and your energy centers that have been blocked. Um, that that been- what you said about um, in, in the podcast I found you on, Feeding the Wild, Your Wild, I think that's it, um, mm-hmm. where you talked about sex with the universe. I love yeah. for my, my listeners to hear that. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I train with different Tantra teachers. Um, in addition to my clinical training as a therapist, one of my main paths has been Tantra. And um, one of my teachers who's since passed, Psalm, she told me, um, you know, I asked her in an interview, what's your concept of God? And she said, a big vagina in the sky. <laughs> and she would say like, when you inhale, it's like the universe is making love in the back of your throat. And so you're taking that cosmic cock and like in, <laughs> in and out, in and out, breathe. Mm, you're making love to the universe, mm, in and out. And kind of adding that orgasmic energy mm-hmm. to your practice of spirituality, right? So when we're doing breath work techniques like that Ujjayi breath, mm-hmm. um, the ocean breath in the back of your throat, which is kind of just like keeping your mouth closed. You can put two fingers on your throat. And you inhale in and you exhale out like you're fogging a mirror, but your mouth is closed. So you inhale and exhale. Inhale. Exhale. So the lips are closed like you're fogging. Mm -hmm. You can imagine this kind of like sensual energy Mm -hmm. um, and imagining like the universe kind of like making love there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so adding that connectivity rewires what you have previously thought about what meditation is. And usually um, most meditation practices are all about bringing in light energy from above. Mm -hmm. They're not about integrating Shakti root energy, primal source energy. Mm -hmm. And so even in Kundalini, it's usually based on Yogi Bhajan, Mm -hmm. which is um, based on the Sikh tradition. And so usually very astral energy mm-hmm. and um, very white dominated um, like movement into a masculine energy, mm-hmm. which is all about let's connect to above, let's escape our bodies. This is the opposite. In my lineage of Tantra, um, it's called Sri Vidya mm-hmm. and it's based on Shaktiism, which is the feminine. We worship the body as literally God, goddess, but specifically goddess. So we literally worship the body points as goddess mm-hmm. and we do, ceremony around it so we do um uh, breast massages mm-hmm. and different mantras to activate the nipples the yoni the penis and we're doing these mantras so we're adding holiness and yeah. spirituality into your actual cells so that there's no way that you can forget then that you are god goddess because you're doing rituals that are for god goddess for yeah. spirit in your body and so then that connects your orgasmic potential um, because as you surrender, you let the energy heal you and it kind of takes over your body and it moves through you um, in a way that then allows you to relax. And, and the same way we can learn through pain, we can learn through pleasure in our nervous system. This is beautiful. I, I fucking love it. This is great. Um, because <clears throat> at least for the women that I've discussed with, um, their trouble with having orgasm and things like that, of being blocked in the sacral region and things and not really feeling uh, deep connection with their partners in that way is there. We're not breathing down there. <laughs> we're not getting that energy down there. So it's, uh, it's interesting to see that perspective and see how that, I mean, I'm, I'm sure your bedroom is just rocking. Like, <laughs> yeah. Scorpios. We're both Latino. Uh-huh. We both have deep spiritual practices that have created awakenings in our bodies individually before we met. Um, and we both, we both came in actually when we met, I had known him already as a friend and then we connected and we had like a spark and for our um, listeners, she just got engaged and like (laughs) these amazing photos on her Instagram that are like, what is going on with y'all? And the way you guys look at each other is just blessed. It's it's insane, but go ahead. Um, so, um, and we, we, I was like, oh, let's have a cuddle party. And he was like, uh-huh. And then like we went and it went from like cuddle party to like my leg locking into his right away. And, and then he was like, you know, I like to take it slow and like, you know, I'm not a lustful person. I want to like feel you and be intimate and slow. And I was like, me too. I like that, but I want you to fuck me. <laughs> and, he was like, and he was like, okay, let's do this. Like a wolf, right? 
Yeah. So we both have this kind of like balance and it's interesting because we both are super activated. We both feel energy very deeply in our bodies. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, he'll, you know, maybe you can have him on once to tell him yeah. tell <laughs> of like what happened. But at, at some points during our process of connecting sexually, I also um, would touch him and he would like kind of get electrocuted and like mm-hmm. his whole body would shake and tremble. And, um, and there's different ranges of that sexuality. There's like the lustful fucking grabbing, like, yeah. <laughs> and I love that. Um, and then there's like the more intimate, like, even if it's not um, sexual organs meaning, but it's just like a super intense kiss where you like feel like you're in like a cosmic realm of yeah. some other universe, right? With just a kiss yeah. or just holding hands or just like touching a fingertip. Yeah. Um, so sensuality can be so subtle. And depending on where you are, maybe sex is too far of a jump mm-hmm. without you getting triggered. Maybe you need to start with just breath and connecting breath with sensuality. Maybe you need to start with a visual of imagining your heart and your yoni connecting and thinking of like this light passing in both ways, right? Mm-hmm. Going from your heart to your sexual organs, sexual organs back and just kind of imagining that loop happening. Mm-hmm. So we don't have to jump to having intimacy in the form that society tells us, which is just like penetration or sexual um, organs touching or no, it can just be breathing, yeah. um, it could be touching hands. It could just be feather light touch. Um, going slow and going at your pace when you're healing from any kind of sexual disconnect, which we all have in some way, there are still places within me, despite my deep connection to sensuality, spirituality and sexuality, where insecurities come up, where I get shy, where, you know, I, I maybe I'm like, oh no, I haven't done that yet. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. you know, I, I you know, I, I'm too much in control in this area. And it, it's a spiritual practice of letting go. Having a safe partner is obviously massive, right? Yeah. Like getting tested, having someone that you feel loved and safe with is huge. Even if that's someone that you just meet, there is a way to have, you know, safe, conscious sex with an aligned person. There's no timeline on that. You know, you don't have to be in a partnership. You don't have to be engaged. You don't have to be getting married. You could just meet someone and feel that way with them. But it requires you to be connected to your intuition to do that. Right. So let's talk about that because in what I would consider hookup culture. So just to give you a little bit of background, um, I wrote this book called Me, Myself, and I, Why Finding Your Other Half is Impossible Before Finding Yourself. Shameless plug. Um, (laughs) But I went through in 2017, like post-divorce, um, had never really dated, I was very heavily religious before then, and then kind of went on what I call my rampage. And so I got to figure out what it is I liked and what I didn't like and that kind of thing. But there was in the vast amount of people that I dated, not even that I like did anything with, but just dated, there's such a lack or missing of a load of those things that you described. But first of all, being in touch with your intuition, that's just out the window um, and not finding a lot of, and I'm sure this is the same with women. I can only speak as a woman reflecting as a heterosexual cis woman um, and seeing that from the, like the men that I was interacting with, but such a gap and missing the connection to self that they weren't, they weren't even rooted in their own. Like it's just kind of a, a compulsion almost or an addiction, or I can only see you as this, but they couldn't see the soul. And so there was this absence of soul in these interactions that just felt empty and draining. And also, I really want to talk about energy cords and what you think about that and connecting to people in that way. But there was a massive gap. So like, I wasn't having really amazing sex. I mean, kind of here and there, but like, it wasn't, there was no connectedness. And when we talked earlier about society and how we look at, and we've kind of demunitized sex it's 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 largely unsatisfying for us yeah i mean i think that also like you know as you were saying like speaking um in terms of like this kind of uh hetero uh cis woman male interaction but this happens across all the boards you know with my gay guys with my bi women like i mean there's always an interaction of male feminine energy there's always an interaction i mean forget about it we can have a whole other conversation on like the the intricacies in that world because of the shame and um over sexualizing that happened um but uh but essentially we also hold the container to 
guide in some way and show up to the party that is, you know, whoever you're meeting and being like, here's what I, here, here's what I like, right? Like I, even if I'm dating you or just like hooking up with you for me, this is a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. I need to feel our hearts open. I want to give you permission for that to mean that I'm allowed to feel love, feel energy, feel exchange. And that not mean that we need to be together if that's what the other person doesn't want. Mm -hmm. So I think what happens a lot of times is that people are scared, especially mm -hmm. men. Um, they get scared if, if they're just hooking up, that if they're loving, then that will give the woman the wrong message. Yeah. Um, and it's true most of the time. They have a reason for thinking that because a lot of times there's, you know, this thing of, you know, if I'm loving, um, then, you know, I'm giving the wrong message. And there's this game. There's not two people really coming together and authentically saying what they want. You know, yeah. like, hey, yeah. I'm really interested in your vibe as of now. Um, I don't want to be in a relationship, but I'm really open. And that takes consciousness, right? Like, I'm really open to having a sexual exchange with you that's loving and nurturing, but that doesn't mean that we have any expectations of anything else beyond that. Mm -hmm. You as a woman, what happened? These are agreements. Yeah. And you as a woman need to know, and sometimes you only know by trying it out. Are you capable of that? Are you authentically capable? Every woman is wired differently. Some women are genuinely more capable of holding more sexual energy and exchanges with people and having no expectations. Some people are like, I just can't do it. I need to be in a relationship. Otherwise I go too crazy. It's just not something I want like to do. Yeah. And that's okay too. So it's really understanding who you are and how you work. I found that in my healthiest state, um, after I went on my, you know, rampage of just being like super sexual and also really reactive, right? Like it was just like coming from a place of reactivity, which was part of my process. Don't right. regret. Um, that then what in my most aligned state, I was super sensual, but very intentional, okay. intentional. That's what shifted mm -hmm. was that it wasn't some dogmatic version of like what is holy and what is not. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like, Oh, I can't hook up with you if we're not in a relationship. It was genuinely, do I feel safe? Does this person honor me as a human? Can I set up a boundary and a dynamic that makes me feel loved despite us not being in a relationship? Mm -hmm. Can this person still show me love in a way that makes me feel nurtured? I didn't feel good just hooking up and not having some kind of relationship with that person, right. a friendship or like, you know, someone that actually cares about how you're doing. Yeah. I, I needed to have that. And it can be very confusing for someone that's not used to these traditional archetypes of like, either we're together, we're dating or we're not. Right. And so I added another option, which is that we can exchange this tantric, beautiful energy and it just be that and be holy and you don't have to be scared. Mm -hmm. And so for me, that was huge. But again, you need to know who you are and how you work and what you can take and what you cannot take. But I think it always is helpful to speak and communicate and share that you want to feel love and connection and like, and that it's part of a ritual or sacred spiritual practice for you and that, you know, these are the ways you like, and it doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you need more. Um, but that if you do, that you can openly share it and then decide what you need to do because there's a lack of communication mm -hmm. um, in central dynamics because we just go to it. A lot of times people are drinking. Yeah. A lot of times people are just like, fuck it, I see you. We're going to hook up. Cool. No one really talks. Mm -hmm. If someone's entering your body, you have every right to say whatever the fuck you want to say. Yeah. You have every right to be like, you know what? First of all, I want you to get tested first. Mm -hmm. Um you know, um, when was the last time you got tested? Uh, you have every right to be like, this is how I like to work. I like to be touched like this. This is what I need in order to warm up. Like, can we hold each other first? Can we breathe? This, this yeah. is how this works. If you're scared about this, this is my perspective on that. It's really important that we start opening up our throat chakra and communicating. First mm -hmm. of all, it's really hot. It's really attractive when a woman comes in like, I know what I want. This is what I want. This is what I like. This is what I need. And you set that boundary and you also help men to heal because in many ways they've been replaying a programming that they don't even know how to heal and solve. Yeah. So many men have thanked me and have said, thank you for giving me the space to be affectionate and loving with you and not feel like scared or to like be that way. Mm -hmm. um, or like, thank you for like being so strict about loving yourself and getting tested first because no woman has ever asked me to do that. Yeah. So you up your level of worth and, the good people will, you know, the people that are aligned and worthy to be in your space will meet you there. And if they're not, then they shouldn't be fucking you anyway. Right. You should be 
making love. You shouldn't be holding intimate energetic space with anyone that doesn't feel comfortable having conversations. If we're grown enough to have sex and to share in that energetic exchange, then we need to be grown enough to have conversations. Girl, preach. Okay. (laughs) Here for it. Um, which I love, I think it's a lovely segue into energy courts and talking about tangling our energy with other people. First of all, conversation, absolutely a million percent. People aren't talking enough and explaining and like, especially the women I speak to, especially some of my clients and things that we're not, we don't feel the freedom to be able to play that role or be in that space of saying like exactly what it is that we want. Because one porn plays a large issue of like the way that men might see us or the way that we're supposed to be seen or whatever in a societal sense. So getting over that first of all, and then second, being able to have, to know what it is that you want and ask for it and not feel like that's going to demunitize, like you said, um, your worth or, or how, how you're being seen. And if they can't accept that, then bye boy, like yeah. boy, bye. <laughs> number one thing, this will just be a quick kind of plug in terms of energetics and like empowerment as a diosa, as a, as a goddess, as someone who's empowered as a woman and claiming her worth is that they are not choosing you. You are choosing them. And what I mean by that is that many times when we go on dates or we're hooking up with someone, we're constantly thinking, will they like me? Will they judge me? Will they think I'm crazy? Is this too much? Is this too little? You are thinking, do I feel safe? Are you good enough to be in my body? Are you good enough to be in my space? I give you the honor and the privilege to be in my temple. You're so lucky to be here. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. This is a queendom and a throne. And I, I often say, if you're not coming bearing words of honey and flowers and words of truth, then you're not welcome here. And when you treat yourself in that way and you really own that and like play with that energy, you're going to see how badass you feel Mm -hmm. because you approach everything so differently. I love that. Wonderful. So now that we are goddesses and that we've uh, awakened those things and brought in a partner and connected, um, I'm seeing a lot of stuff on YouTube that talk about, um, who you're sharing your energetic space with and how they're connecting energetically. And then women talking about the, how they're taking on um, energies, bad negative energies of other people. They have to do this cleansing. They have to be self-aware. There's a lot of people out there who are not cleansing themselves, um, which we can kind of get into because you're a healer. So energetically, what does that look like? Um, I do really want to deeply explore that area because I think a lot of people are, are interested in knowing how, First, how do you choose a partner that energetically vibes with you, which I I feel like is obvious, but let's explain it to them. Um, And then if you do sleep with someone or interact with someone intimately who has really negative energy and you've locked in or attached into that, how to dispel that? Yeah. I mean, first of all, energy cords are real, you know, Um, that's first of all. Um, We want cords that connect at the heart. Mm and connect in freedom, meaning that like it, you can be connected in every single way, but there's a freedom and a flow and a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if you're connected to someone and there's not a choice in that, and this often happens in toxic dynamics where they keep pulling you back in and push and pull. And like, you're not really, you're kind of powerless in a way over that feeling. Cause it's so dark that it's consuming. Um, you know, those are the cords that you don't want. If you're not aware that cords exist, then you might feel bad around that person. And you might feel like, ooh, like I had sex with them and I don't feel empowered. I don't feel good. I don't feel happy. Then that's a sign that you have a cord that's not healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember when I was in a toxic relationship with this guy, um, we had incredible sex, but it was like dark and bad. It was like dark, toxic sex. And, um, And I had a cord attached to him and I was addicted to it because cords will often do that. They make you sick, they drain you, but they make you addicted. It's just like any drug. Yeah. And so you can be, have a cord to something, be addicted to it, want it, think that you wanting it is like something positive, but it's actually coming from a desperate and compulsive. And this is how you know, because when it's done, you don't feel good. Yeah. Eventually when the veil falls, you feel bad. Mm-hmm. How you know something is a healthy cord is because even after the endorphins go down, even after a couple of weeks go down, you feel better, you feel empowered, you feel safe, you feel good. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of do uh, how to choose the partner and make sure that there's a healthy attachment, um, first of all, be mindful of what you feel in your body. Your mind might go back and forth a lot. 
what, you know, it's not that bad or it's this, pay attention to what you feel in your body. Pay attention to the words that they say and how they treat others. Mm-hmm. How are they acting with a waitress? How are they acting with people in their life? Notice the stories they tell about um, their exes or people. Um, you guys, listen to that one. How do they talk about their exes is big. Yeah. And like, they could say the truth and be like, she was a psycho. Maybe that's true. Like, but notice their interaction with how they then reflect back to themselves. Like, what was my part? Like, why did I choose this person? What was going on? What did I learn from this? You know, if there's like a demeaning, angry woman expression to everyone where they're constantly like, you know, attacking, then you want to notice that. Um, Notice how they act in moments of, um, of conflict notice how they treat you um do they care about your time do they care about your energy do they ask how you're doing right or is it just about them Mm -hmm. um notice if you feel that something's off usually women notice very early on but then brush it off oh i noticed it was off that he didn't really work hard he was kind of lazy um he was kind of a taker oh i did notice that you know he was really sweet but he had this energetic cord with this woman and yeah. He didn't really tell me all the details about it. I, but I was like, oh no, but he's nice. And he's kind of telling me, but something was off. Notice all of those things. It, ideally, what you want is you want to feel transparency. You want to feel that the person's super honest with you, that they're telling you what they need, that they are being clear with themselves and you, that they are their word with you, um, that they, um, that they feel, that they make you feel seen, loved, appreciated, and um, not back and forth. Right. And then in terms of if you happen to mess up, your intuition's off, you're in a place where you're still healing, which happens, right? And you bring in someone that's attractive because the darkness is attractive. Um, Toxicity is attractive. It's luring. It's seductive. It's cunning. Um, So inevitably, at some point, you're going to fall into that trap. The the trick is not um, staying in the trap. And then once you know the trap, realizing the trap, so that you can move on and not fall in it again, right? Yeah. So if this person's luring and, you know, oh my God, he's so hot and like, he's kind of this bad boy thing, but no, no, he's good. Like, he's good. <laughs> you end up sleeping with him and you feel like, ugh, in your body. Mm-hmm. And like, all of a sudden he wakes up, he doesn't even like touch you, give you a kiss. He's just like, you feel ice cold and you're just like, wow, I feel bad. I yeah. feel like a piece of meat. I feel, ugh then you want to a remove yourself from that situation and ideally separate from that person and not give your sexual energy away again. Um, and do ritual, you know, do energy work. You can simply put your hands on your body and you can focus on where in your body you feel that energetic cord. You can imagine a cord from you and that person in wherever you feel it. You can call on your angels, your guides, your higher self. You can just visualize it and imagine big golden scissors cup coming and chopping the cord and it falls into the earth to be buried. And when it's buried, like flowers come out and that cord is cut. And sometimes you have to keep doing the cord cutting because it's so strong. Yeah. You know, um, another thing you can do is you can write a letter. Um, you can write a letter, you can write this letter that says, you know, please spirit, God, higher source power. You know, I ask that you cut this cord. Um, I, the lowest parts of me have connected to the lowest parts of this person, the parts of my fear, the parts of my insecurities have connected to this person and made me attracted to him. Please remove this feeling of attraction that I have and make me see clearly through the eyes of my highest self, through the eyes of my worthiness, what is really here. Mm-hmm. Cut the cords that attach me to this person. Because really, it's your lower self that gets drawn to these parts of someone else. Mm-hmm. In your lower um, spaces of your woundedness that some part of you then was like calling on that person. Like I've fucked so many people and had sex with so many people that were not deserving of my energy. And I had to do these kind of cleanses and cord right. cuttings for myself um, mm-hmm. to reclaim all those lost pieces. So when you say lost pieces, it's interesting because a lot of people, um, especially if you, you're raised, uh, I was raised Christian or like that kind of thing. They say that, you know, with every person you sleep with, you're giving a part of yourself away as if this is irreversible and it is something to, well, obviously they're trying to shame you, but, um, yeah. you have nothing left to give to that connected partner that you end up with. What do you think? Yeah. Of um, I think it's not true. I think that, um, it's a, 
it's a very archaic belief. I think that, um, again, intentionality matters and there are lost soul pieces that happen when you have exchanges with like energy vampires and like, you know, men that are dark or women that are dark or, you know, um, et cetera. But that it's not, nothing is, um, nothing is forever. Everything can be alchemized and transformed. Mm -hmm. um, there's nothing you could do that could ever take away your divinity, your worthiness, nothing. Um, it's actually just part of being human. But actually, I even think that sexual energy with the right intentional people, whether you're in a relationship or not, can actually expand you. I believe that you can have, you know, so many sensual dynamics that actually fill you and give you more love. And um, I've seen this in rituals where I'm not in partnership with these people, but we're actually just exchanging like, you know, this kind of Shakti breathing, you know, eye gazing, slow touching, even sacred ceremony. Mm -hmm. um, where you're having sex with someone in ceremony um, and having a higher intention with it, that it actually gives you more. Mm -hmm. So again, everyone has a different capacity for what they feel is okay for them. Mm -hmm. And it is okay to feel more safe and contained with less people. And yeah. it is okay if you feel safe and contained with more people. It is really about choosing intentionally clear, loving, kind, conscious, respectful, energy that works for you whether that's a little or a lot it doesn't matter it's about what is your interaction with that person and who they are and how they feel in your body awesome so when women are looking for a partner <clears throat> in men you know what there are some men that listen to the show um and it would be beneficial for them to listen from a woman's perspective but um for you meeting your partner and you finding this cosmic connection with him and you speak openly about it um like I know a lot of women are looking for that or trying to get that in some of their existing relationships and what would be your advice to them in order to, to, you know, I have like some friend, married friends that have been married for a while and they're like, ah, oh, you know, like you really need to spice up the bedroom and things like that. Um, what do you, what do you have for them? I mean, I think that being connected to your spiritual purpose in the world is the best way to spice up your sex life. Yeah. I think um, being connected to your dharma, to your purpose is key. Mm -hmm. I think w the more lit up you are in your own life and the more connected and dedicated you are to your own life, um, the more excited and creative you feel in your own life because creative energy is sexual energy, is life force energy. The more alive you feel in your own life, the more free you feel in your own life, the more you can share that with your partner. Mm -hmm. So I, I would always say focus on you. You know, start with you, focus on fueling yourself up. If there's ever a time I feel disconnected in any way, my first go-to is still fixing the problem. But we live in a society that goes to fixing the problem instead of like fueling the joy, the light, the love that, yes, you fix the problem by not necessarily going straight to it, but by instead adding to the things that are going to heal that, right? So you notice it, you talk about it, and you fuel yourself up. Sign up for a dance class, you know, work out change your diet, get dressed pretty, you know, do things that make you feel sexy within yourself, you know, massage yourself, love yourself. And then bring that joy and bring that love to the bedroom, right? Research tantric breath work, you know, maybe sign up for a tantric workshop, you know, like explore and have fun with yourself and then bring that into your partnership. Um, but there's nothing that makes intimacy there's nothing that builds intimacy more than like being lit up in your own life because we're usually drained and tired and disconnected and everything becomes mundane. And that happens. There's, there's also cycles in sexuality and partnership. Um, you know, there's also different ways to explore that if you wanted to invite in another person to spice things up, you know? And again, this is more of that kind of like, it doesn't necessarily take away if yeah. you have someone come in and maybe you want to have a threesome, maybe you want to, you know, uh, I don't know, go to a sex party. Maybe you want to just um, do anal for the first time. Maybe you want to um, tie each other up or, uh, you know, practice eye gazing and light candles and play sensual music and get a feather and, you know, or maybe you want to do massage before you have sex so that there's come some kind of like um, intimacy building. There's so many different ways, but Ultimately, if you're not connected to yourself, you can't share that and get those creative downloads. So definitely yeah. 
yourself and then explore fun things like some of the things that I mentioned. Wonderful. Um, so given that <clears throat> now I'm, I'm familiar with a lot of the things that you talked about. Um, I live in a very actually Midwestern area where sex is missionary and that's about it. Um, <laughs> but I was recently talking to someone, um, like we're a single people and they were talking about the no fapping movement um, how men are trying to save up their life force energy by not masturbating. And so um, I was curious, I was I was talking to one of my guy friends who participates in this and, um, and how much it's helped him start to harness his energy, harness him to be more creative and things like that. When it came to my perspective of thinking about it from a woman's perspective, there in the sacral sense, there's, there have been a lot of suppressions and blockages and women not really knowing their own bodies. And I don't, for myself personally, I'm like, I don't know if I really advocate for no masturbation for women, but, um, when it comes to like, like you say Shakti energy or like your Yoni and things like that. Um, what's your perspective on that? As far as women getting in touch with that men getting in touch with that, or your, what's your perspective on the no fapping? Like, I know obviously everything works for like what works for you works for you, but what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, that perspective is like the Taoist kind of version of Tantra, which mm -hmm. is that to retain your sexual semen and energy is creative source power. So the, the retention of it allows you to channel and harness it. I absolutely agree with that, that it, mm -hmm. it's a method to use for that. I think ultimately, if you are in partnership where there is going to be some sort of physical exchange, then you can learn to harness that in that way. Um, I think for women as well, um, it depends. Like if you are someone that suffers from love and sex addiction, um, uh, I might recommend to someone to have, you know, some time of like celibacy where there are no touching themselves, no porn, no sex, no anything. Um, but as a means of a spiritual practice of awareness and creating sensual energy still, but in different ways than touching themselves so that they can kind of heal deeper and then return back to having sensuality and creative creativity open up in different ways. Mm -hmm. But then for someone else that doesn't have that problem, that's been repressed and then needs to slowly connect with their sexuality, I might recommend meditation masturbation mm -hmm. where they're playing candles and they're meditating as they're masturbating, thinking about pouring that love on top of themselves and connecting their orgasm to a higher intention. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of like that sex magic kind of feeling. Um, so what's sex I think, magic? So you might not know. You can use um, your orgasms as a way to attract and manifest. And so instead of just letting the orgasm kind of disperse into the universe, at the moment of your orgasm, it's kind of like this little death moment where you merge from this mundane world with the cosmic worlds. So you're kind of in between dimensions. And so in that moment, there's a lot of creative potential. So you can think of something that you want to attract. In the beginning, I often tell people that something very simple is, I want to use this orgasm to come back into me and give me a feeling of self-love. Mm -hmm. I want to feel the God in this orgasm because, you know, a lot of people have this disconnect with God and, and sex. I mean, right. feel the connection of that, like making love to the universe. Mm -hmm. um, and so you use that creative sexual energy as a means to create with, mm -hmm. and you do this even like visualizing. I really want to, you know, use this creative energy towards the book I'm writing. Mm -hmm. I want to, and you set that intention and that that's essentially a very easy, like sex magic practice. Nice. The sacral energy is the creative, the passion, the genitalia <laughs> yeah. and those merging those things together um I, I love that I think I love your perspective on that because there's so much freedom in that perspective how did you come upon thinking this way like what what give us a little bit of your background and where you come from and what were your perspectives on sex and how have they changed um I was always very sexual I was always very spiritual um I'm Puerto Rican born and raised in Brooklyn I have pretty open-minded and parents, although my dad kind of gave that messaging, he was also very liberal in many ways and took me to clubs and would pick me up. So there, I had a lot of open-mindedness in many ways in my life. Um, so I grew up Catholic and I went to school, but I was always very radical. I never believed in anything. I never subscribed to any dogma. I, I never gave in. And my family, I guess there was a lack of, there was never pressure. It was just like, yeah, you pray, you go to church, but no big deal. Everyone's one. You don't judge anyone. Blue, purple, red. Everyone's the same if they have a good heart. You know, like this kind of messages. And so in school, I was very outspoken about my 
I don't believe in this. You know, I would get in trouble all the time, but I was like, oh, whatever. Jesus was super cool. <laughs> but, um, and he might be, you know, a, a, a spiritual prophet that like, you know, I, I, I love that. I'm with that. Cool. And also if there was a child in Africa that didn't know about Jesus, I don't think that he would go to hell. I believe that God is in everything. And so I knew that like without a shadow of a doubt. And I was like, passionately aggressive <laughs> and, um, you know I, I fought for like a lot of that you know and all there were only altar boys at the time and I fought for them to have altar girls mm. even though I didn't want to be an altar girl I just wanted them to have the <laughs> voice to be it yeah and um and I was very sensual and I was you know I think a lot of child sexual play in a healthy way mm. is very common you know kids play you know doctor or like teacher and so it's very common to play with like with your cousins or your sister or brother and something that people don't talk about they get very freaked out about it yeah. but it's very common and most children do it and it's super innocent it's a way for them to explore their bodies as a parent you might be freaked out yeah. <laughs> but usually it's something that they know is like a secret and as long as they're not being abused or molested and it's like genuine like kid child play it's part of their sexual discovery it's actually a normal part of their sexual development touching themselves receiving pleasure I remember when um, I found the shower head in my house. It was like magical. And I was able to put it away. Oh my God, this feels great. And it was like my little secret. And I was like, I love taking the shower. Yeah. <laughs> so this kind of orgasmic energy is very natural. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was very connected to it. And um, I liked it. Yeah. You know? And I always knew that there was a connection between the two. So my perspective was always, I was pretty much the same always with that um but I knew that I was misusing it because I had a deep sense of lack of self-worth because of my childhood abuse uh mostly verbal and some physical so I disconnected from my feeling of worthiness and then I looked for love in the wrong places mm -hmm. and looking for love in the wrong places also included not only love but sex yeah using that to fill me but not from an empowered place and yeah. usually a lot of times drunk so definitely my soul wasn't even in my body. And I think a lot of people have sex without their soul in their body. They're kind of just like floating mm -hmm. and their bodies are there, but their soul is not with them. Mm -hmm. um, sort of disassociation. So I definitely did that for a while. And little by little, um, you know, I wrote down on a piece of paper one day, I want to learn um, about sex and God from a Latina woman. Mm. And I went on an ad and I saw Seeking Sensual Apprentice. And I was like, this is shady as fuck, but... <laughs> <laughs> and I responded and it was all about like central body work. Um, she was a lawyer at Columbia University, had left, shaved her head, went to India to study Tantra. She became my first Tantra teacher and it was very taboo, very underground. Um, and I loved you. Um, I was 20, I think it was uh, my, uh, after I graduated from my undergrad, so it had to be like 2007. So I don't know, I'm bad at math, but. <laughs> I think and um early 20s yeah. and um we did we I, I met her I was like you don't have to have sex with anyone right and she was like no <laughs> um but she did teach me you know sacred sensual body work and um tantric techniques and um reiki and energy work and the connection between body work and um and tantra and although it was underground and you know kind of in that gray area of, of what is legal um it was my first introduction into understanding something that came very natural to me. I had very visual past lives where I was definitely like some sort of sacred prostitute healer. Um, it was very natural and normal mm -hmm. and it felt so intuitive in my body. Um, I was able to make people orgasm with just my energy, with just putting my hands over them and having them um, have loops of energy. So I learned to orgasm. Fly you out. So. <laughs> I am available to fly. I will come to uh, help you come. Um, so yeah, so that was part of it. And, and that really kind of shaped the, the seeds. And then I realized, no, I don't want to, you know, share my sexual energy in that way. It became like, no, this is different. Like I, I want to learn how to do it in a more above ground way so that it feels fully aligned. And as I grew, that changed. And now it feels like really integrated. And I think that as my partner and I develop as well. I can see us like doing things together and maybe sharing, um, opening healings in some way that combines spirituality, sexuality, and all of that. That's amazing.
So for men, like you said, you mentioned your partner. Um, I, I would think there'd be a deep interest in figuring this out or learning more about this because like having like cosmic orgasm sounds like, Hey, sign me up instead of the empty, like repetitive, let me find the new flavor of the week kind of thing. And wanting even, even without, like you said earlier, having, um, people talk about friends with benefits and I'm like, yeah, but friends with benefits is never with a friend. Like you don't get the benefits of also a friendship, which unfortunately it's like, you'll, you'll start that way, but then it, there's no talking, there's no communication. There's not like that interaction. And so like, I wonder, or are we starting to see an awakening women as well that are interested in this more feminine, energetic portion of sex? Yeah, I mean, I can't speak for the overall. I know that obviously in my world, because of the work that I've done, I definitely see that more. Um, I do think that overall there is an interest in arising, and I think it's very important that as women, we claim that. And again, I think that the same, whether you're not heterosexual, whether you're bi, whether you're, this goes for everyone yeah. uh, because it is about intimacy and connection. And that goes beyond any, you know, gender norms or sexuality kind of framework. So, you know, replace as needed, but this goes for everyone. Um, but absolutely. I do think that men um, are seeing that. And I think that if you ask anyone, would you rather deep connected intimacy or like a quick fix? Most people are going to want that. Mm -hmm. And most people's souls are craving that, but they don't know it's available and they don't know it's possible. So, um, you know, we can only focus on our side of the street and making sure we communicate and embody that and demand that. And that if it's not that, that you say no, mm -hmm. so that you can wait till you have that person that's like aligned with that. So I do believe that there's um, so many more men that are really open and curious and wanting to learn. And that, you know, we're all just craving more connection. Mm -hmm. So how can we bring more connection into our, in our daily lives? Even like, say we're not actually having physical sex, but how can we bring more sexual energy into our, cause that's creative energy. It's life force energy. So how can we do that as a practice? I think one simple way is breath work and, you know, the simple breath work of the Ujjayi breath and imagining the universe making love to you feather light touch, taking time at night to kind of stroke yourself and give yourself love and breathe as you are touching yourself. Like even something as simple as like just touching yourself is so foreign. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe take a, an extra moment in the shower instead of just like washing yourself for the, you know, for the obvious reasons to clean yourself, taking a moment to really connect to your body and bring some body awareness back. Um, body awareness is oftentimes what's missing. Right. So dropping into our body would be my number way. We do this through breath and through dancing are two incredible ways um, for women to do that. Hip circles, movement, um, playing some central music that has some drum that mm -hmm. allows you to really tap into the root chakra energy. Um, those are easy ways. Surrounding yourself with pleasure. Mm -hmm. um, uh, food, you know, food that makes you feel sensual mm -hmm. and eating and introducing food into your body as a sensual practice um, mm -hmm. having flowers and candles and incense but not only just keeping them around you doing it with the intention of adorning yourself like a goddess mm -hmm. and then most importantly i would say is feeling good in your body means that you have to do the things that make you feel good in your body right honoring that your sexuality is a part of your spiritual practice because it's usually ignored so if, a sensual, if sensuality is part of your spiritual practice, then making sure that just like with everything else you do for your health, that you're doing that for your yoni, for your sexual organs. So you go meditate for your mind, you, you know, uh, do yoga for your body, but also connecting that intention with sensuality. So making sensuality be a part of your schedule and really allowing yourself to to know that that's just as important, right? Like, am I yeah. feeling sexy? Am I feeling lit up? Maybe flirt a little bit um, yeah. and feel comfortable and safe, like exploring what it feels like to feel confident, you know? Yeah, I think that's hard because a lot of, especially spiritual people, we're in our heads a lot. We're in these chakras up here. And so we're connecting to source, we're connecting to energy, we're connecting to information, but it's really difficult for us to get grounded and like bring that energy down. And so <clears throat> for myself personally, I can speak for myself. Um, I am in the astral realms constantly. When I dream, I'm always trying to leave. Like I have a really, huh? What's your sign? I'm a cancer. Okay. 
And so water, very, <laughs> um, so I have a really hard time grounding myself and being in my body. Actually, this trip to Bali is, is very much about that. So, um, but for a lot of spiritual practitioners, we're like, uh, we're, we, we miss that part. Like, this is why I wanted to do this podcast because we always often talks about, talk about what we're thinking in our mind, how to elevate our enlightenment, things like that. But this is a big part of it. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, most of the time, if you're doing all that work, you're escaping. Just yeah. Your, you know, and a lot of times people want to rise above instead of like be within and, you know, part of the spiritual Say that again. Bodies. I don't even know what I say. <laughs> they try to rise above instead of be within. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Because it's easier. You know, I think we also have an over kind of uh, a culture that has really highlighted, you know, that spirituality means to connect to the heavens mm. instead of connect to the earth, you know, mm. and for me, it's all about mother earth, mother Yosa. And so I'm much more interested in going to the earth than mm -hmm. going to the sky. Mm -hmm. um, but in doing that, you connect both worlds together. And this is the merging of the feminine and the masculine. That is, that is, that is the merging. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but also if, if for anyone, um, I guess my final tip would be, you know, to do feminine squeezes, which is like the Kegel mm -hmm. and like squeezing that energy and imagining a light switch turning on and you could do it like right now, squeeze your pussy, squeeze your sexual organs. Men can do this as well. And like having that little pump mm -hmm. and as you pump, imagining that kind of orange light firing up and then focus on bringing it up through the center line of your body, like a little pump of light, orange light going up, up, up. You feel the light switch going on. You feel the little like tingles, let it go to the top. You're like, mm, that feels so nice. And then let it go down. And then practice like squeezing and pumping that light and playing with bringing it up and down, kind of like. Energetically, like a dance. Like a dance. Nice. Do you use yoni eggs? I don't. Okay. I don't like them. Okay. Um, I don't. Some people ask me about them and I'm like, I've never tried them. I don't know. I mean, I have, if someone wants to find out about that and maybe you can have them on the podcast, um, uh, Brujas of Brooklyn, uh, Miguelina was once one of my diosas who came to my retreat, helped me out. And she and her twin sister are these amazing healers, PhD. Oh, I know who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I follow them. So they're amazing. And they're Yoni experts. So if you want to talk Yoni eggs, they know everything. They're super healing and powerful. Um, I have done it. And because I have, I don't like that feeling and it, like it releases so much. It's like, mm -hmm. for me, I got like nauseous. That's how intense it was. Mm -hmm. But I would have to have like a, uh, like a week where I'm just in this like nook, mm -hmm. you know, where I'm just doing yoni egg work. I'm not the kind of person that can just like go into that and like walk around, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it would require a, a ceremony. But I think that, you know, as long as you're getting high grade, um, you know, eggs that are like, process the right way there's a lot to figure out because there's a lot of fake gemstones that can actually be very harmful yes. i would say do your research but um they have wonderful resources for people if they're interested on that awesome um so just give me so like we can plug you a little bit here about your your resources and the things that you have i kind of gave you like a the intro and talked about everything that you do um i know that my audience might be really interested in your uh Deosa, am i saying that right Deosa. 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 Uh, retreats. So talk to me about that. Yeah. So Diosa is the Spanish word for goddess. Um, I have an annual retreat. We're open right now for enrollments. I have a long list of people that I have to contact. Um, but if you're interested, you can reach out to me um, on Instagram, Cosmic Christine. Um, you can also email me cosmicchristine at gmail.com. And the retreat is all about deep healing, healing trauma, healing wounds, and rising in your worth. It's their third weekend of July in Puerto Rico and Vieques. Um, it is absolutely life-changing. This is my ninth annual one. Wow. And then for women, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Um, truly special. It's like a spiritual surgery, I say. Mm -hmm. And for women that are really ready to dive deep and heal and release on an experiential and body level so that they can step into their, their true worthiness and empowerment. Um, definitely um, a great first step in, in doing work with me. And then I have a mastermind program, which is more like a spiritual business mentorship, nine months. Um, part of the nine months, we meet twice a month with myself and other experts. And then we go to Bali um, in May. 
and it is um, so nurturing and it's for people that want to grow their business that are change makers that are spiritual that are you know therapists and most importantly there's diversity I uh, tend to attract uh, uh, women of color Latina women black women Asian women mixed women um, and all women but essentially there's diversity and um, I'm really proud of that because it really speaks to a different voice and a different audience and a different kind of container that allows for these specific leaders to heal um, and have awareness around that. So if you are someone that wants to build that and is interested in that, um, you can also email me for information. How did you get on the path to this type of work? Um, I think, you know, the path was in me. I was born, you know, uh, very sensitive, loving, wanting to heal the planet, wanting to heal the world, standing up for injustice, speaking my mind. Um, so I really do believe it was a soul calling mm -hmm. and that I just answered the call of my soul. And, you know, every single step, whether it's been my pain or my abuse or everything that's happened, you know, I'm not happy that it happened. I'm not grateful that it's like, yay, I went through trauma. No, it's like, but I was going to use whatever life gave me and alchemize it so that I could heal and give back and you know um from as little as i can remember i've always wanted to help yeah i love that awesome well it was so awesome to have you on the show christine um you've been i mean it's a nice little crash course on sex and things like that people that aren't not quite up to par in how we're opening up and awakening these parts of ourselves and be able to enjoy sex healthily so thank you so much for your words and your perspective. And everyone, thanks for listening. Take care. Bye. Interested in becoming a client for energy coaching? Find me at www.thelovelyalia.com to read more about what I do or hit me up on IG at thelovelyalia for daily content and inspiration.